Welcome to the weekly podcast of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, located in the city of Middletown, New York. Today's message will be brought to you by our senior pastor, Reverend Albert Feliciano Sr. Each week we stream our live recorded services to encourage, build up, and edify our listening audience. Our aim is to share with you the uncompromised and infallible word of the living God. Our prayer is that today's message will draw you closer in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And now, here is Pastor Albert with today's word. Today, the title of the message is Overcoming the Darkness. Overcoming the Darkness. We're going to be reading three different portions of Scripture this morning. John 1, 1, and then Verses 4 and 5. Brother A.J. read that earlier. Then we're going to go to the book of Ephesians 5, verses 8 through 11. And lastly, we're going to end with 1 John 1, verses 5 through 7. Now, I know there's three of them. If you don't have all three, that's quite all right. I have them here. But I am going to ask, once you have a, one of those scriptures that you would kindly stand to your feet for the reading of God's word. I'm in the book of John, John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. In him, verse 4, was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Now I'm in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, starting at verse 11. 8, excuse me, 8 through 11. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Turn to your neighbor and say, walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, and this is a big one, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. This is what your pastor is going to do today. Now I'm in the book of 1 John, toward the end of the word. 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. I got to say that again. In him, how many are in him? If you are in him, the Bible says, in him, there is no darkness at all. That's a charge to every one of us in this room. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, uh-oh, here it comes. We lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. 
and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Glory to God. Amen. Saints of God, you may take your seats this morning. There was a song when I was a child, and I used to have it sung to me all the time. A spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down, the medicine go down. But guess what? Ain't no sugar up in this house today. So today you're going to take it straight. Hallelujah. Turn your neighbor and say, I ain't scared. Praise God. Don't be scared. Praise the Lord. The truth will make us free. But I'm not trying to have nobody manifesting up in here. Praise God. We will have some deliverance church today in the name of Jesus. I want you to stay with me because I'm going to take you on a little bit of a journey so that you could understand where we are today. Over 2,000 years ago, God sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, the, the bread from heaven. The Bible calls him here the light of man. Jesus left paradise, a, a very perfect, holy, wonderful place, and he came to earth, a dark, terrible, wicked place, and he was God's light on earth. Jesus is God's gift to mankind. We were telling him earlier, Jesus, you are a gift to me. And when we start praising God and we start telling him he is our most precious gift, more than any fine gold, more than precious silver, more than my wife, more than my husband, more than my children. How about this? More than my grandchildren. I love thee more than anything. Praise God. It was his purpose to come back to earth as the second Adam, right? The first Adam dropped the ball. Jesus came as the second Adam to pick it up again and reconcile man back to God. It was his mission to reconcile us back to the Father. Say, say the word normalcy. Turn to somebody, say normalcy. Jesus came to bring you back to the place of normalcy. Why do I say that? Because when we were created, it was normal to see God face to face and have fellowship with the author and finisher of everything, the creator of life, the God who spoke the word and it was so. That God, the only God, the one and only. And that was a normal thing for us to have direct communication with him in the cool of every day. And it was sin that broke that and the curse of sin that separated us from that relationship. Remember that God and sin cannot mix. But remember this also, that God's glory, his precious light will always consume sin. It will utterly obliterate it. It will not last. It cannot outweigh the power of God. And if you've ever seen a laser light, a powerful laser light, there are some flashlights that I've seen on social media. I was going to go buy one. But I believe it's like illegal or something. If you point it to the sky, you could have a planes interrupted. I mean, it's, it's up that, that bright. And this light, if you hold it on a piece of paper for about five seconds, the light will burn the paper. 
And I'm sure there are a lot of arsonists out there wanting to get the lamp or whatever, whatever. But the reality is, because this is how evil our world is. Oh, this is a great tool for me. The reality is light that is magnified and, and, and really concentrated can even burn through steel, lasers, powerful light. Jesus was the living word of God in the flesh. He dwelt among us and in, in him was the life and that life was the light of men. Have you ever thought about that? <clears throat> Why was Jesus called the light of men? Because in looking at Jesus, the light of Christ, we now have an example. Our light has been illuminated. Our pathway has been illuminated. And we could see how to live and conduct ourselves based on the light of God's only begotten Son. This light shone in the darkness, but the darkness was not able to comprehend it. Luke 2, 32, it says, it refers to Jesus as a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. Glory to God. And the glory of your people Israel. So see, God already knew that he had made a covenant with Abraham and he had to engraft the Gentiles into the Abrahamic covenant. God is a promise-keeping God. Luke 8.17, for nothing is secret that will not be revealed, nor anything hidden that will not be made known and come to the light. That means for those that are trying to play games and hide everything, one day what's done in darkness will come to light. God put a light in the heavens to announce the birth of Jesus Christ. He put a beautiful bright star, the star of Bethlehem. The light was in the sky. It announced that the light from the sky is now coming to earth as a light below. There was a light in the sky and a light below. Jesus was God's light on earth. Three wise men followed that light and they arrived at the birthplace of Jesus. They looked up for direction. The only way they knew, there was no GPS. The only way they knew how to find the light was to look at the light and find the light. Even though they walked at the dark of night, the light still showed the way and led them to the light. I want you to get that, praise God. How many of us refuse to follow the bright light of Christ that is ever shining our path and shining our direction? We, like the world that saw the light but did not comprehend the light, what we do is we see the light and instead of walking towards the light, we go, talk to the hand. I ain't trying to serve the Lord right now. I'm not ready to serve the Lord right now. Well, you go ahead. Let's see how that works out for you. 1 John 1, 5. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Genesis 1, 4. And God saw the light, and that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. Glory to God. This is important, saints of God. Let me, let, me, let me just leave that up here. We are distinctively different than the world. When you come to Christ, you are now the light of, 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 of God on earth. You are an ambassador 
a light bearer on earth. And we are supposed to walk shining the light of Christ. No one puts a light and puts it under a bowl. God calls us to be salt and light. And, and salt purifies. It preserves. But light also exposes. It could heat up. It could provide warmth. It could provide security. But we are the light of this world. And we are supposed to be separate from the world. God separated light from darkness. He made day. He made night. But God separated his own people children of God, separated them from the world. You are in the world, but you are not of the world. You are a kingdom living ambassador of heaven. Praise God. I don't know who I'm talking to in this place today. Praise God. But if you put a light on in a dark room, the light will always overcome the darkness. This is why light and dark, darkness are separated. How many people sometimes get blinded by the light. Have you ever been driving? Every time I drive at, at, at around 4.35 o'clock on my way to Monticello, I can't even drive up that hill. That, that sun comes over. It's huge right over that mountain. You've been there. On your way home, you're driving. It's so bright. You've got to put on these dark, dark glasses or you got to put your, your visor down so much that you can't even see. And if you happen to ignore the light, your eyes, the retina, it just gets in there. And when you try to look somewhere else, all you see is that round eye, the round dot of the sun that just burned into your retina. How about this? How many people see that blinding light in you? Ouch and amen. Let me tell you, saints of God. Even a dim light. That means someone who ain't all in, ain't all in 100%. They're in. They receive Christ. But they're not all in. Man, I don't know, Pastor. I'm not like a prayer guy like you are. I, I'm not a, a, a warrior of the word like you are. Even if you have a dim light, even if your light is but a candle light, you walk in a room that is pitch black and even a dim light will get you through the darkness. But I'd rather have a laser light. Amen. So when some demon tries to pop in, a lightsaber is behind. You better stop tripping. Don't you know who you're messing with? Praise God. I'm a child of the light. Mm. Jesus, the light of the world, came into an abnormal world and he brought light. And his light shined the way before us. And here's the beauty of his light. Even though the world could not comprehend his light, he never stopped being the light. He never stopped shining. Even when the Pharisees started manifesting and saying, I don't know, tell us your mission. I don't understand your mission. Even when he was calling them, you brood of vipers, you hypocrites, you're whitewashed tombs, white on the outside, fresh paint, but on the inside, you're full of all dead men's bones and all abominable corruptive devices. 
but he was still the light. When he walked into the temple and he saw the merchants selling goods and turning his house into a den of thieves and he overturned the tables and no one dared mess with him because they were like this. Because that light was blasting the darkness. His light guided everyone, whether they liked it or not. His light gave us direction. It warms us. It makes us feel safe and secure. And for others, it terrifies them. With the light, we can see everything. But in the darkness, you can see nothing. Listen, this is why thieves... And evildoers don't come to you in broad daylight. They come in the darkness, in the shadows, in the pitch black of night. Listen, this past Wednesday, I went home after church. And my wife, of course, we always sit down and we talk about the great things of God. And then she went upstairs. She was tired. And I sat downstairs. I did the kitchen stuff. I cleaned the kitchen, the dishes, all that stuff. Because that's what a man of God does. Amen? <laughs> Try to help out my wife. But as I was doing the dishes... And I'm tired. My eyes are hurting. But I got a fluorescent lamp under my sink. I got a fluorescent lamp under my stove. I got fluorescent lights above my head. It took me about three years to convince my, my wife to get fluorescent lights because she hates those fluorescent lights. But I love bright light when I'm working in the kitchen or when I'm cooking, right? But here's why I'm bringing this up. Because I had this bright light on. And I could see exactly what I was doing, and everything was fine. And then my wife said, honey, come to bed. And the minute I turned off the light, everything went pitch black because my eyes had already adjusted themselves to the fluorescent light. So when the, the lights went off, everything was pitch black in my house. And it was now, I know where I'm walking and I know where to turn the corner. I don't know. And I literally did this on Wednesday night. And I could not see my hand. I was two inches away from my face. And I was like, wow, it's really dark in here. But here's what the Lord impressed on my spirit. There's going to come a day for those that think that they walk in the light, they will be cast into outer darkness. And I thought about People that have died, my father being one of them. My father, I pray to God that he repented in the last moments before he died. But when he died, he died violently. A tree hit him in the back of the head. He was tearing down a tree to make a pool for his daughter. And the tree fell down on the ground. But there was a big stick, a big 8-inch diameter stick that was already dead and rotten on the ground. But when the tree collapsed, it hit that stick. The stick went up propelled in motion and my father was walking away didn't even see what hit him boom and he was immediately killed why do I bring that up because my father didn't know he was going to die that morning he died in front of his wife and in front of my sister his daughter he did not know that that would be the last day that he would breathe fresh air on earth and from one second to the next boop the light went out and he was walking on earth and as soon as that log hit him boom his spirit now enters into eternity 
And a lot of us don't think like that. A lot of us don't think about one day we're going to have to enter into eternity. I do not want to enter into that realm. I'm doing everything I can now while I'm above ground to do everything I can to honor God with my life. I have people that don't like me. I have people that talk about me. I have people that have cut me off. Delete. And you're not my friend. I have all of that. And you know what I say? I'm so sorry that you don't like me. But you really will have to take a number because there's a long line. Eventually, you'll get a turn. But pick a number and stand in line, please. Eventually, we'll come around to you. Amen? Because I'm going to still serve the Lord. Right, wrong, good, bad. If I drop the ball, I'm going to dust off and get right back up again. I'm not quitting. I've come too far to turn back now. If you don't like me, it's okay. Here's my advice. Pray for me. Amen. Pray for me because prayer produces intimacy with the one whom you pray for. So if you don't like somebody, pray for them. And next thing you know, you'll be like their best friend. That's why when people continue to hate on me, I know they're not praying for me. One day, saints of God. We're going to wake up in eternity. Who's going to be waiting for you on the other side? Will it be the evil one or a whole bunch of evil ones? Who's going to be waiting for you? How are you living your life here on earth? What are you willing to do? How far are you prepared to go to stand for righteousness and truth and stand for the word of God? How far are you willing to go to be the light of God's glory here on earth to shine the light of Christ into dark regions. God's light shines on everyone. Hallelujah. No matter who you are, the rain falls on the righteous and the unrighteous. And guess what? The light of Christ shines on the good and the bad and the ugly. Some of y'all know that. I just dated myself. I'm a cowboy guy. I like passing you with me. You, you with me, brother? I love cowboy. I love westerns. Give me a good western and some popcorn, and I'm in. Yeah. Whoops. Praise God. Yes, I did. My wife still loves me. Praise God. But the light shines on us all. And no matter what you've done, God's light will never stop shining upon you to show you the path to righteousness to show you the path even job when he was in his misery when he was going through the worst crisis known to mankind in job 3:20 he said why is light given to him who is in misery and life to the bitter of soul man i never want to be in that place glory to god I was in that place years ago. Praise God. I'm free. And whom the Son has set free is free indeed. It hurts my heart when I see others go through hell. I don't even know a better word to use than that. Hell. 
There are those that have called me and they're going through hell, bitter of soul, in misery. And all I can do is say, God, God knows your suffering. God will bless you. God will. But most cases, they're in hell because they put themselves in hell by not uh, 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 contemplating the things that they got themselves into in prayer. They haven't gone to the Lord in prayer. They haven't met God. They haven't been in his presence. And because of that, they made themselves pray. P-R-E-Y. Job says, why live? Why do you give light to him who is in ministry? Here's the answer. So that the light will come to you so that you won't be in misery anymore. Because light exposes all those things. Psalm 27 verse 1. Praise God. Hallelujah. Here we go. Psalm 27, David said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I want to give you a little story. This is a true story. There was a woman named Rose Crawford. She had been blind for 50 years. And she said, I just can't believe it. She gasped at the doctor as he lifted the bandages from her eyes after her recovery from a delicate surgery in an Ontario hospital. She wept for joy when for the first time in her life, a dazzling and beautiful world of form and color greeted her eyes that were now open and able to see. The amazing thing about this story, however, is that 20 years of her blindness had been unnecessary. She didn't know that the surgical techniques that had been developed uh, and an operation could have restored her vision at the age of 30 years old. The doctor said she just figured there was nothing that could be done about her condition and much of her life could have been different. As I read the news account of her case, some questions came to mind. Why did she continue to assume that her situation was helpless? Why had no one told her about the wonderful advances in eye surgery? And then I thought about the plight of those who are unreached by the gospel. How many will go on living in moral blindness unless we bring them to the light of salvation, the light of the Savior. Millions will never know anything about spiritual darkness because no one has cared enough to share with them the light that has come into the world. How many evangelists are in this room right now? Where are you? Praise God. Romans 14 10.14, it says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Saints of God, you are the light of this world. You and I are God's plan A. There is no plan B. Matthew 5.14-16, through 16, it says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all those who are in the house. So let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. 
I found this quote of an author unknown, but it's a powerful quote. Listen to this. It says, some people change their ways when they see the light. Others only when they feel the heat. There's a problem, saints of God. It's a big problem, a really big problem in the body of Christ. Many want the light. Many want to be in the light, but they also want to be in the dark. There are numerous Christians that have one foot in the church, and they have another foot always dabbling in the things of the world. No one can tell them apart. They live worldly. They are carnal. They live in a dark way. They live even in darkness in most cases. They want the best of both worlds. And they figure, you know what? I can juggle this because I have an anointing. This is why I say don't rely on your anointing. I have an anointing to juggle this. I can go into the world and do the things of the world and come in on Sunday like nothing happened and serve the Lord. Liar, hypocrite. Liar, liar, pants on fire. You're the worst kind of liar. Why? Because you're lying to yourself. It's not even the devil anymore. Now you're lying to yourself. Turn to your neighbor and say, I hope he ain't talking about you, man. Praise God. I hope you didn't make it to the message this morning. Because my word tells me, 2 Corinthians 6.14, for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? It is impossible, saints of God, it is impossible for uh, light and dark to have fellowship together and be of one, of, of one accord. You know how you have cold water and hot water and you put them together and you get warm water? That doesn't work with light. Light and dark doesn't work. You can't mix them and make them into something. Light will always overpower darkness. Boom! So if it ain't overpowering darkness, there must be something with the wrong with the light. If there's still darkness around and you're in the room and people are still telling off-color jokes and still acting fool and still doing dumb things and still cursing around you, maybe the light is off. Just saying. We're supposed to be separate. This is why God separated the light from the darkness. Spiritually, the same rule applies. Light and dark are always going to be unequally yoked. Can I get an amen on that? Are you with me today? I know it's hard. Praise God. But I'm going to give you all a gold star. Stick it on your head if you make it through this one. Hallelujah. Why do Christians try to force the world into their life? Why do you try to put a square block into a round hole? It will never work. And we're doing it all the time. And the results are always the same. Disease, disaster, and even death. The Bible says in James, out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. 
My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter water from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus, no spring yields both salt water and fresh water. So, I, listen, I don't care what anybody says. You cannot be a child of God and also be a child of the devil. You're either one or the other. Praise God. There is no such thing as a double agent in the spiritual world. Every believer in Jesus Christ in this room is called to be the light of the world. Turn your neighbor and say, he's definitely talking about you right now. Definitely. I know this one. I can figure this one out. He's talking about you. We are to live as a light that illuminates Jesus Christ wherever we go. We are like a beacon or a lighthouse that has to use its glowing beam to guide ships towards safety. Hallelujah. And the salvation of sure footing on dry and fertile soil. We are to use the light of Christ to guide lost souls back to the safety of God and away from the oceans of sin and its dangers. We might be asking ourselves this morning, why so much emphasis on light, Pastor? Oh, I'm glad you asked me that question. Because we are approaching one of the darkest days of the entire year. It is one of the most demonic days, the most demonic of all holidays in the entire year. What are you talking about, Pastor? Duh, Halloween. I'm going to be going in on this in a little bit, but I'm just tickling right now to get your heart ready for it. But not many understand this danger. And Christians all over the world will try to splice the two together. A mixture of light and dark. It will never work. Some Christians, shame on you. I love you, but I, I got to tell you, shame on you. Some churches are openly presenting trunk or treat celebrations. Really? Oh, well, we want to exchange the devil holiday for the Lord's Day. You're lying to yourself. Here, I've got some, some rhymes for you. To participate is to capitulate. To succumb is to be dumb. To acquiesce is not best. Some of y'all didn't get that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When, when we're openly adopting pagan traditions and placing a happy face redeemed sticker on it and say, it's okay now, it's acceptable, we're just doing this for the kids. We're giving the kids a, a time to play and a time to enjoy themselves. It's innocent fun. They're just playing dress up. No, it's not. It's foolishness. It's straight up foolishness. It's our responsibility, parents, the church, it's our responsibility to teach our children to protect them from foolishness. Listen to this verse. 
I wrote it out so you could see it. Psalm 106, 37. They even sacrificed their sons and daughters to demons. Okay. Hallelujah! I'll just give that one to myself. Here's another one. You know, you've heard this phrase, birds of a feather flock together. Well, if they're doing it, I'll, I'll do it. Birds of a feather flock together. Here's my response to that. Get it together. Praise God. When God redeems the sinner, the sinner ceases doing the sin in which God redeemed. We cannot be a redeemed adulterer. And then continue to commit adultery because God understands. That would be a mixture of darkness and light. If you have been set free from homosexuality, you cannot continue in the lifestyle and say that you are redeemed, blood brought, sanctified. You have to do it all in. And let me say this because a lot of people start manifesting because we give the homosexual community a real tough time. But let me tell you something. Every heterosexual man or woman in this room also has to struggle against sexual impurity. We all have to struggle. There's some of us that want to go out and, and, and live these fantasy things. You too have to struggle in sin. Struggle against your sin. Praise God. You know, the alcoholic has to struggle from drinking. The, the drug addicted, the pill popper has to struggle against popping pills. Whatever the case may be. It's all sin. We all have a struggle. How about this? Lying. How many Christians lie as a habit? I've had Christians, ministers, lie right to my face. And then they get caught in my face, right on the spot. They get caught in the lie. And they're like, oh, 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 oh. busted. That's a character flaw. That's an integrity issue. Let me move on. I'll hit that another day. Praise God. Stealing. Sexual immorality. Here's the thing that people forget. When your sins are forgiven, Jesus looks upon you and what does he say? You've been forgiven. Go and sin no more. Slam dunk. Fade. Right? Whatever. When, when God says go and sin no more, that means do not go on and repeat the very thing that I set you free from. That means zero compromise, saints of God. Zero compromise. Brother AJ gave that word last week. He stood right up here at this altar. And he said, God said to stop compromising. Listen, Jesus is coming. The ancient of days is coming. The rapture of the church is at hand. Our salvation draws nearer than when we first believe. 
Get your house in order. I'm talking about your spiritual house. Get your spiritual house in order. Stop compromising with the world. Do not be a lover of God, but also a lover of the world because you are being double-minded. The Bible says a double-minded man will be unstable in everything that he does. And it goes further. It says he should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. John 8, 12. It says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Jesus is the light of the world. One of Jesus' final messages, he referred to himself as the light John 12, it says, Then Jesus said to them, A little while longer the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he's going. But while you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of the light. Light was used to char characterize the whole life of the Christian. Jesus said in John, 1 John 1, 7, walk in light as he is in the light. That means if you are in Christ and you are the light of the world, then you have to walk in the light. Praise God as he is in the light. So many Christians are walking in perpetual darkness and hope that the people will see them as walking in the light. Let me give you an example. I know of, of people. I've seen it, and I've been in the street. There are people that have been smoking weed and say, oh, yeah, but I'm a Christian. I'm born again. I have the, <coughs> I have the spirit, spirit of God in me. <coughs> and Jesus is, is my man. He's my main man. Here, you want to hit? It's straight-up foolishness. I've heard of people uh, uh, drinking booze as they're reading the Word, taking shots, flipping the page, flipping the page. It's an oxymoron. Uh, we had, my, I've said this before, my, my wife and I had a, a, a person come to visit us in our house with their children. My kids were small. Kids do what they do. They're running around the house. This person began to share a dream. The Lord gave me a dream last night. The Lord gave me a dream, and he gave me a scripture, and it's in line. It's in sync, word for word, with what my dream was. And then Alec and AJ and the little kids were running in the, across the kitchen. The Bible is open. This person is reading the word, and in the middle, she goes, hold on a second hey stop f this f that f this f you f this f this f f f f f now check this out check this out let me continue let me continue and kept on reading the word my and my wife and i were like <gasps> this was a faithful attendee member of a church active minister in a church they're so deceived uh, another brother, we were evangelizing one time. Another brother uh, uh, was cursing his kid out. A little 12-year-old kid, maybe 8-year-old, I don't know what his age was. 
cursing this kid out like a sailor, like a potty mouth truck driver. F-bombs galore. I said, that brother right there needs a track. I went over there. I said, brother, uh, uh, God bless you. Can I give you this track and just tell you how much Jesus loves you? He goes, oh, no, no. I'm good. I'm, I'm saved. I said, really? W would you take this anyway? Yeah, sure, sure. I said, you're saved? He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a minister. I said, really? He goes, yeah, I'm the sound man at a particular location. I said, oh, oh, okay. Got it. Peace out. You understand? The Bible says that there's going to be a great apostasy in the last days. There's going to be a falling away where people will heap to themselves uh, uh, teachers that will tickle their ears because they don't want this word. They don't want the truth. They don't want their feathers ruffled. So they will cling on to teachers who tickle their ear and allow them to be in the dark while thinking they're in the light. There's going to be a falling away, a great apostasy. AJ stood up here a couple of weeks ago and preached that God said, I'm done shaking the tree. I'm going to chop the tree down. And the only thing left is going to be a stump, a remnant with deep roots. Are you part of that remnant? The only thing that will remain is a stump. God help me. So many people, I'm a Christian. Are you born again? Oh, uh, what's that? I, I don't know what that, what, what does that term mean? Jesus said, that which is born of flesh is flesh. The men that are born in water and spirit. That which is born in spirit is spirit. You have to be born of flesh and you have to be born of spirit. And without being born again, you will never enter the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. Let me read some scriptures to you. Because you're supposed to be children of God in the midst of a dark, wild, crooked, and perverse generation. We are not to be taking uh, things of this world lightly. They're after your children, after your family. Second Corinthians, it says, Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. Philippians 2.15, it says, among whom you shine as lights in the world. Praise God. Uh, I had a conversation with Pastor Shadrach. We were both encouraging one another. But we are understanding the deepness, the, 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 the absolute uh, profound statement that we are ambassadors of heaven. And, and we are now representing the kingdom of God in a dark world. And as a kingdom ambassador, we represent God with his word, which is the light of the world. His word. And when you speak as an ambassador, you carry the authority of the king of your kingdom. And so therefore, you are an ambassador of heaven with a, a real dominant authority over the things of the world. And when you speak God's word, you're speaking on his behalf. I wish we would understand that. And the words of God pierce right through the darkness. We were talking about the, the centurion. How in his house, Jesus said, no, don't come to my house. It's, it's defiled. But I know that if you just speak the word, your word will go right through all the statues, right through all the darkness, right through all the impurities in my house. It will go right to the bed where my servant is, and it's going to heal him. He knew that light pierces darkness. Saints of God, we are commanded 
to be the light. You are to also add to your armor the armor of light. Romans 13, 12. It says, put on the armor of light. Cast off the works of darkness. That means light is supposed to expose sin. When you walk in, that light should overtake sin and darkness. Ephesians 5, 8. It says, for you were once in darkness, but now you are the light of the world. Walk as children of the light. We cannot come to Christ and still hold hands with the devil. There's so much emphasis on light today. Why? Because we are at war with the forces of darkness. Do you know that you are in a spiritual battle, every single one of us here? Let me give you some examples of how dark our world is. A few years ago, there was a pastor in Atlanta that committed suicide before service started on Sunday morning. His congregation found him at home with a self-inflicted gunshot wound. There are numerous Christians that are being killed and slaughtered and drowned and burned alive in, in, in the Middle East and in many Muslim countries. Why? Because of their stance for Jesus Christ. We've had numerous school shootings. How about this? Church shootings. Much loss of innocent life. Do you, now, do you know now that one of our uh, gubernatorial candidates is trying to outlaw guns in the church? Why do you think they want to remove guns from the church? Because the church will then continue to be a soft target. And then when a pastor speaks against sin, a nutcase can come into the building and shoot everybody up and silence the voices of those that are speaking against their evil realm. Phil Robertson, the guy from Duck Dynasty, he called homosexuality a sin on air in one of his interviews, and he was fired from the TLC network. There was a woman clerk. I believe her name was Kathy Davis, if I'm not, remember, if I'm not uh, wrong. But she was arrested because she refused to marry a gay couple. She lost her job, and she was arrested. We have mentally disturbed people. Yes, I'm saying it. We have mentally disturbed people demanding that the world acknowledges their illness. And if you don't, you're a bigot, you're a homophobe, everything else. Let's, let's, let me give you an example of how stupid this is. Imagine you met me for the first time. And I say, hello, uh, my name is Albert. I'm a they, who, what, where, when, why, and I identify as a 20-year-old uh, bodybuilder. You would say, bro, get it together. Hallelujah. Know who you are. Praise God. But this is the mental illness. If I said that to you, I identify as a five-year-old child girl. My name is, is uh, Benita. I don't know any Benitas. I don't think there's one in the room, so praise God. I might say a name and somebody say, he's talking about me. I'm leaving the church. Hmm. You see, you would say, um, hold on, I have a, a doctor's number that I could give you. Boop, 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 boop. Uh, yeah, uh, hold on, make an appointment. He's really good. He's the best.
We have drag queens going into kindergarten classrooms teaching our children about sexual positions, uh, sexual identities, sexual behaviors, all this other stuff. I, I, I said a few, uh, about a month or two ago about a drag queen that he went in dressed up in leotards and everything and his junk fell out of his costume. And the kids are going, ew. And he says, oops, that must have slipped out. No kidding, moron. That principal, those teachers, they should all be fired. All of them. The whole school should be shut down. Lawmakers are now trying to reduce the age of consent. Why? So that the next thing they can legalize is pedophilia. Because ever since uh, Ghislaine Maxwell went to prison and that whole list just disappeared, now they have to protect the elites. They have to protect people. So they say if we could reduce the age limit, then we could legalize pedophilia. And, and now, you know what? We even have a name for it. Do you know what this name is? Their new name? It's called MAPS. MAPS. M-A-P-S. You want me to tell you what the, the acronym is? This is for minor attracted persons. Because pedo is just so evil sounding. So I prefer to use the word maps. Yeah, we got some mates up in here praying the maps right to the pit of hell. Mothers against the schemes of the enemy. Praise God. How about that? We got an acronym too. Mates up in here. Better recognize. Listen, I could go on and on and everyone will have nothing to say. You couldn't refute it. I have proof. It seems that everything going on today is dark. And it offends everyone in the light. But the light also offends everyone in the dark. Why? Because it's supposed to. When you're living for Christ and people don't like you and they don't respect your position and you lose family members, say hallelujah, glory to God because you are walking as a child of light. Light is supposed to offend and overcome darkness. Isn't it funny how everyone's freedom of speech is protected except the Christians? We had a pastor in Canada. He was arrested. They were going into his church because he refused to get vaccinated. He refused to fall in line with the agenda of hell. I know that still uh, uh, rubs people the wrong way, but just it's okay. Jesus loves you. Listen, Isaiah, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Listen, the only way we're going to be overcomers, overcoming the darkness in this world is through the light that is received from Jesus Christ. And guess what? Light always wins. Praise the Lord. Our nation, our leaders, even families will forsake you, will drop the ball on you, but Jesus will never, ever forsake you. Amen. When the lives of innocent children are slaughtered through abortion, 
when our nation desires perversion over a personal savior, when godlessness seems to prevail over godliness, when sexual immorality supersedes purity, when a marriage between a man and a woman is redefined, there is only one thing left to be done, and that is to shine the light of Christ, of Jesus Christ brighter than ever before. The God of this age, Satan, glory to God. He is the prince and the power of the air. That means he's the power of nothing. He is a suggestive spirit. He is the accuser of the brethren, according to Revelations 12, 2 Corinthians, whose mind of this God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine upon them. Listen to Matthew 5. 14 through 16. Again, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Listen, people of God, you know this. You already understand this. But for some reason, we still prefer the dark. Jesus compares us to light because he is the light. Listen to Isaiah. It is, it is too small a thing for you to be my servant, to restore the tribes of Jacob and to bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. I love the word of God. Hallelujah. Our light is supposed to be on display no matter what. Our light is supposed to point others in partnership with the Holy Spirit of God to point others to Christ. You are a laborer in the harvest field. Your light should overwhelm the darkness. It should overcome the darkness. When you walk into a room, those dirty jokes that people are talking about at the water cooler should cease because they say, wait a minute, shh. This person just walked in. Wait till they leave the room and then you could tell me the punchline. When you start seeing that, you know that your light is bright. If you don't see that, maybe there's something wrong with the light. God's word, it says that his light is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Therefore, walk as children of light. You are a light bearer. A, a, a beacon of light everywhere you go. Now, I'm going to come to a close. Sister Donna, you can prepare yourself. Praise God. I'm going to close this message with what I do every single year, and I ain't stopping. Tomorrow is Halloween. Again, one of the most demonic holidays in all of our calendar year. Millions of people all over the world are going to dress up like devils, demons, ghosts, ghouls, skeletons, and even gremlins, and so on. Millions of portals are about to be opened on earth. Countless amounts and numbers of demons will gain access and control even in the households of Christians. Many children and babies will be sacrificed to the devil tomorrow night, and they will never be found again. That's a fact. Numerous churches, again, I have to hit this, will have trunk or treat parties, and others will have harvest parties, and they say it's an alternative. Remember the scripture, 106, Psalm 106, 37. And they even sacrificed their sons and their daughters to the demons. This is a day 
where Anton LaVey, the founder of the Satanic Church, he says, and he's quoted as saying, I'm glad that Christian parents let their kids worship the devil at least one night out of the year. This is the founder of Satanism. I'm going to hit this topic today so that everyone will be uh, informed. Amen? It would be remiss of me if I didn't bring up this most important subject on Christian maturity. This is not a scolding, and it's not party killing. I'm not ruining your holiday. I'm preaching on Christian maturity. Amen? All right. So I'm going to give you the facts, and you could decide. Glory to God. Halloween, its history and its origin. Halloween is one of the oldest pagan holidays that is still celebrated today. It was started by the Celts and the Druids. These were priests of wickedness. It's one of the most popular holidays, second only to Christmas. I read an article that Halloween now is, is, is getting more sales than Christmas. How, how, how sad is that? Some people view Halloween, listen, there was a time where only Christmas lights were up on Christmas season. Now, you drive down the street and you see demons and witches and big giant pumpkins and skeletons. And there's even grave like caskets and tombstones all over people's, I mean, death, a celebration of death and wickedness everywhere. With lights, orange lights, lights shining and everything. It's, it's, it's crazy. And it's funny because the same people who have all these uh, Halloween decorations, you drive by their house on Christmas and they'll have a nativity there with a cross and doves and angels and, and Santa Claus on the roof and everything. Anything goes. Some people view Halloween as a time for fun, putting on costumes, trick-or-treating and having theme parties and watching scary movies. Occultic movies, too. Ouija boards and, and all that stuff. The, what is it? The exorcisms of, of what? Uh, the Emily Rose, I think it is, and Conjuring and all these demon movies. Demon movies. I'm done with all that nonsense. Honest to God. I don't even watch that garbage anymore. I, I, I can't. I can't. Others view it as a time of superstitions, of ghosts, goblins, and evil spirits that should be avoided at all costs. The history of Halloween. Halloween is on October 31st, which is the last day of the Celtic calendar. It was originally a pagan holiday that used to honor the dead. Halloween was known as All Hallows' Eve. And it dates back over 2,000 years ago. All Hallows' Eve is the evening before all Saints Day, which was created by the Catholics to try to convert pagans and is celebrated on November 1st. So here you have the demon holiday on October 31st and November 1st, All Saints Day. So that means you could repent from all the evil you did the night before and get right back into the Catholic Church and keep paying your dues. Ain't that something? We also, in South America, Puerto Rico... There's a, there's a day of the dead. They, they literally do parties and they put on costumes and they celebrate the dead. Halloween, again, can be traced back to the Druids. It's a Celtic culture in Ireland, Britain, and Northern Europe. The roots come or lay uh, in the feast of Samhain. 
Uh, many of them will say, Happy Samhain. I bind that in Jesus' name. Which was annually on October 31st to honor the dead. Samhain signifies the summer's end or the beginning of November. Samhain was a harvest festival. This is why I have a challenge when churches say, oh, come to our harvest festival, because that's what Samhain is all about. It's a harvest festival. They had huge bonfires, sacred bonfires, and, and it would mark the end of the Celtic year and the beginning of a new one. And many practices involved uh, in this celebration were fed on superstitious or superstition. The Celts believed that the souls of the dead roamed the streets and villages on this night. And so since not all spirits were thought to be friendly, gifts and treats were left out to pacify the evil spirits and to ensure that next year's crops would be plentiful. And the custom eventually changed, I hate to use the word evolve, but it changed into what we call trick or treating. And here are some of the practices. Number one, costumes. The Druids believes that evil spirits roamed the earth, casting spells and tricks on people. But they believed if you wore a mask or a costume, you could, in essence, trick the demons into thinking that you were one of them. If you dress like a devil, they say, oh, that's one of the boys. Let's pass by. He tricked us. And they would ultimately leave you alone because you were one of them. Costumes are a trick of the enemy to have you change your identity. It's not cutesy-cutesy. It's demonically influenced. Again, trick or treat. It came from the belief that if you set food or candy out on your doorstep, the spirits would pass you by and not cause your milk to spoil or your cattle to have birth defects or damage your family. The Druids would then go around collecting the food to burn it as a sacrifice to their gods. They were also known to burn your house down or castrate all the males in your house if they arrived and there was no treat at the door. And Christians, we would put signs on our doors. No candy. We don't celebrate Halloween. Don't come to my house. You're missing an opportunity. I'll tell you about that in a minute. Let's talk about jack-o'-lanterns. It was an ancient symbol of condemned souls. The story originated from a guy named Jack that supposedly tricked the devil into chasing him up a tree. And then Jack jumped out and mounted his crucifix so the devil could not get him. And then Jack put a lit ember that the devil threw at him from hell inside of the pumpkin and he used it as a lantern. And it was also a symbol used by the Druids and pagans to determine whoever agreed with them and deserved mercy from the tricks. Just like today, we show a flag to show our unity to our country and show flags and, and represent. Well, people lit a lantern, a jack-o'-lantern to show the Druids, hey, we're one of you. We're on your side. We're all in with this festival. We're partners. Currently, witches use hollowed-out pumpkins and skulls as light during their rituals. Satan loves Halloween because it glorifies evil and it puts fear into the lives of people under his power. 
Satan uses Halloween to open up portals. It gives the enemy right and claims over you and your family. Satan's, uh, Satanists believe that Halloween is a night when the demons and the devil are given special powers. Why? Because believers have authority over all works of darkness. But on the night that a believer puts some stupid demon costume on or any other costume on and celebrate the rituals of hell, then that's the one day that they are given special powers over the Christians because the Christians open the door to the devil. This night is recognized as the beginning of the witch's year. Do you know that right now Wicca is currently the fastest growing religion in our country? It's growing faster even than Islam. Evil people are praying for the dead on this night. Sacrifices are made. Even human sacrifices, as I've stated before. Celts and Druids have been known to leave pumpkins or jack-o'-lanterns at the doorstep of families whose child was to be offered for a sacrifice to false gods. Listen, Christians, you have nothing to fear. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. But make no mistake, if someone plays with fire, they're going to get burned. So, what do we do, pastor? If this is the case, what do we do? How should we respond? Well, here's how we should do it. Number one, you can be part of the Remember Me outreach, which is going on tomorrow night right here at the church. I believe, what, at 5 o'clock or when, when is the opening? 5 o'clock, we, we meet here in the nighttime, and then you'll get your plan of attack. Or you could also come to church at 5 o'clock and stay here and pray for those that are out in the street passing out what the Lord has given them to pass out. And here's another option which probably nobody thinks about. Or you could stay home. And that's a good option. What do you do at home? Go out and buy candy. Yep, that's what I said. Go out and buy candy. So when the little kids come to the door and they go ding dong and they go trick or treat, you give them a little thing of candy, but you also give them a, a gospel track. Say, here, you came for candy. I want to give you a candy. But I also want to give you something that's going to change your life. Here's a gospel track. Will you please read it? There's a lot of them. We have them all over the church. Take some gospel tracks home and at least be an extension of the light in the darkness. Don't put a sign on your door. It's the same thing I say with Jehovah Witnesses. Jehovah Witnesses come to the door and, and Christians miss a golden opportunity to evangelize to a Jehovah's Witness. I'm born again. Get out of my face. Boom. You just ruined your testimony. Oh, you want to have a Bible study? Praise the Lord. Come on in. And I got a nice little cheat sheet just in case you need it. Text me. I'll give it to you. Praise God. With 16 questions and answers. And say, well, listen, you want to come and study the Bible, so let me take out my Bible. Amen. And let me, let me open up the word. And let me ask you a few questions. And let's see if you can answer them. By the time you get to question number three or four, they're going to be like, yo, bro, peace out. I got to go. Uh, can I have one of our elders come back? Oh, yeah. You can have your pastor, your elder, uh, everybody, the deacons, the bishops, have them all come. They could come to my house, all of you. You can have service in my backyard. Come, all of you. You'll be on the block list. They won't even come back to your house.
But don't, listen, if you decide to stay home, don't dress up as Jesus. Come on. No, I, I got to say it because if I don't say it, there's just foolishness in the house of God. Don't put on angel wings. You ain't no angel. You ain't Jesus. Don't dress up like John the Baptist and carry a head. Come on. Get it together. Praise God. Please, people of God, use some common sense. Be the light. Don't have fellowship with the things of darkness. Expose it. If your children want candy, buy them some candy. A lot of times people say, you don't understand, Pastor. I don't want my kids to miss anything. Listen, they're not missing anything. It's a fact. Did you know now that there's a great fear going on because people are lacing candy with fentanyl? And do you know that for going out for a night of fun with your supposed fun with your children, you may end up causing the death of your child from some evil monster who wants to kill people? Listen, go out and buy your kid candy. They ain't missing nothing. Tell them, I'm sorry, I love you too much to share the, share the night with the devil with you. No, not happening. You want a Twinkie bar? I got you. I get you. You want Almond Joy? Sometimes you feel like a nut. I got you. I got you. I'll give you some Almond Joy. I like nuts. <laughs> Every time you put a mask on or some foolishness, you're changing your identity. And you are saying, I'm with you. I'm with this party. I'm partnering with you. By you putting on that costume, you're, you're pledging allegiance with that nonsense. I leave you with this. Philippians 4, 8 through 9. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace, hallelujah, shall be with you tomorrow night is October 31st. How will you choose to glorify God tomorrow night? Will you walk in the light? Will you present the light? Will you declare the light? Or will you try to merge with darkness? I know my decision has been made, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. God bless you, saints of the Most High God. We are so grateful to God for allowing us the opportunity to share this message with you. Thank you for listening. We want you to know that you are all in our constant prayers. If you've been blessed by today's program, why not consider partnering with us? To make a donation is easy. You can visit us online at www.specchurch.net or you can call us at 845-956-0133. Once again, that's www.specchurch.net or 845-956-0133. 
We invite you to worship with us one Sunday morning soon. Thank you again for your prayers and support. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you.